Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. So this morning, we are a house of salvation. It's going to appear on the screen. Uh, We're going to read this code together, if that's okay with you. So let's read it together. We are a house of salvation. We exist to see people saved, to move from darkness into light and death into life. We are a house where multitudes find Christ. I'll get more excited. Okay, now, Luke 2, verse 11. Our theme in our youth ministry this term is good news. So let's look at Luke 2, verse 11. Our actual whole term is based around this code, so I'm excited to share with us this morning. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I don't take it lightly. Luke 2, verse 11. Speaking of Jesus being born, do not be afraid. I bring you, everyone say, good news. They will cause great joy for everyone. This very day in God's, uh, sorry, in David's hometown, a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for everyone. This very day in David's hometown, a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. This is the angel declaring that the good news is Jesus. It's good news. It's not bad news. It's not mediocre news. It's not news that compares to other people's news. It's the good news. It says in Luke 3, verse 18, continuing, it goes from an angel saying it to a man called John the Baptist and says this, with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the to them. This pioneer, this person that went before Jesus, how good would it be to be the opening act for Jesus? Um, That's called your daily life. Let us sink in. (laughs) Do you go in your workplace and you're the opening act for Jesus? Do you're the one that makes way for the Lord, the one that says less of me and more of you? That's how you get people saved. You just show them Jesus. So it goes from angels declaring it to John declaring And then Mark 1 verse 14 and 15, it says, After John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the. Luke 9 verse 6. The angel declared it. John declared it. Jesus declared it. And then he commissions in Luke 9 verse 6. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. The good news is not something we share when it's convenient. The good news is the purpose that we are here. If you go back to uh, the code on the screen, it doesn't say uh, we exist to preach. It says we exist, where is it? On the screen, three, two, to see people saved. The actual mission of the church is to help people walk from darkness into light. This morning, my prayer is that we would encounter the good news and be reminded that we bring good news. Uh, Even saying good news then, a few of us got tired after four times because maybe we don't understand how good the news is. So this morning, I pray whether you have been in church for a week, this is your first service, or you've been in church for 350 years, I pray this morning that you get a revelation how good the news is. 
It says this in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. On Friday night in our prayer meeting before our service, I prayed for our team that God would interrupt us, that He would disrupt what was happening. So I went back into my office to finalize the slides for the sermon and I was interrupted and God told me to read Thessalonians. So I read Thessalonians and got rebuked because I spent two weeks talking about the good news and then God brought my attention to 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. For when we brought you good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true and you know of your concern for you from the way we live when we were with you. Let's go to six and seven, if that's okay. Let's skip over. That's cool. Um, So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. Okay. We brought you good news. We told you what it was, but you experienced it. There was power. And because you experienced that power, it says that you understood that what we were sharing with you was the truth. So not just hearing the word, but getting it here. For the podcast, I'm aiming at my chest. Like it's hitting you right there. We shouldn't be just proclaiming the good news. We should be showing the good news. And that's what enabled them to receive the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought them. The good news was so good. I'll tell you in a second why it was so good. But even in the suffering that was happening around them, they found joy, not because they just heard the good news, but because of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit bringing the good news to life on the inside of them. And this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Arcade Fire, which is so good. This morning, my prayer is that we would experience the good news. Because if you've been in church for longer than a day, you've probably heard the good news. But just because you heard it, it doesn't mean it hit you. Just because you've been in church for a long time, it doesn't mean it's hit you. Let me say a couple of things and then get to the main point. Is that okay? Okay, good news and bad news. What often happens is when we present the gospel, we think that it's bad news. We think that what we're saying is really confrontational and that people don't know that they've fallen short and they don't know their sin. I'm going to be honest. um, Every person I've ever met is aware that something's wrong. Like they just are. And the church like thinks that people don't know that they're broken. They they are. They, they, They know it. Even underneath the pride, God placed eternity in the heart of man, Ecclesiastes. People are aware that there's more. So when we present the good news, um, what we need to understand is that the Bible didn't describe it as bad news. This is why it was good news. Uh, It was spoken into a group of people that had become very religious, 600 and, I don't know, 33, 65, amount of Old Testament laws that were being enforced by the Sadducees and Pharisees. And they were given these laws as an attempt to stay obedient to God and the heart of it was to know God, but it became something that wasn't that. The yoke, the pressure on them was too much to handle. And the reason why it's good news is because Jesus came in the midst of us trying our very, very best to please Him 
in the midst of us trying our very, very best to jump through the right hoops, let's bring it to today, have the right services, the right structure, lift our hands at the right point in the service, maybe jump in the chorus of praise if God's doing something special. Do we have the right coffee or the right things that are somehow going to magically work together to do what it would never be able to achieve? It's, it's Jesus that does that. That's the good news is no matter how far from God you are, it's not too far for Jesus. And um, can I say something? Thanks. If you've given your life to Jesus... You can look on your past life as, yeah, I used to sin and now like I'm in church, I'm doing the right thing, I'm going through the motions. You know, there's, I would say that I have sinned bigger since I've met Jesus than before I met Jesus. Uh, Much bigger. Uh, I think every time I come to church and think that it's about me, I think I know what uh, James describes it as to know what you ought to do and not do it. So when you see a sick person and know what you ought to do and not do it, that's, James describes it as sin. That we could come to church and think that uh, Pastor Benara or Pastor Charlie's message is somehow ticking our box. Like that's, that's sin. That's, that's acting like uh, we, we, we judge TripAdvisor, we judge a restaurant, and we come to the church and we judge it. <laughs> that's, that's sin. And what can happen is we can think, oh, we're not doing those sins, so we're all good. I pray this morning we'll be able to come before Jesus and... Uh, do what David says, God, search my heart and if there's anything in me that offends you. God, if there's anything else that offends you this morning, I pray you bring it to the surface so that we can hear the good news, so that we can speak the good news, and so that we can help make your house a house where multitudes find you. Not us, not our programs, but you. If you tell the story of Jesus and it's not good news, you're not telling the story of Jesus. You're telling something else. You're telling I've been saved for five years and I do these things and God loves it and I get a result. You're telling a story that isn't Jesus. Whether you've been saved for Friday night, you got saved on Friday night and you're here, congratulations, thank you, welcome to the party. Or you've been saved for a very, very long time. Guess what? God is not impressed by your righteous acts. He's not impressed by your service attendance. He is not impressed by anything. He's impressed by one person. His name is Jesus. He did everything that needed to be done and that is the good news. Let me say something else. Is that okay? Um, Labels. I hate labels. I spoke a message a couple of months, maybe a month ago. We did some label work up here. Even yesterday I heard someone um, speak of kids saying, these are ADHD kids. And I just turned to Pastor Charlie and I just said, I wonder if God calls them that. I wonder if he does. Guess what? He doesn't. He doesn't. Or afraid kids. Or disobedient people. I wonder what labels we choose to place on people and place on each other and accept for ourselves that simply aren't true. Can I hit up a label that's kind of that we all really love? Can I really just, can I mess with this this morning? Is that okay? Um, can I have, um, yeah, ooh, ah, ooh, how am I going to do this? Uh, okay, uh, yep, um, yep, Awato, Troy, um, Dave, yep, um, and Ryan, why not Ryan? Yeah, always you, bro, always you. You love it, you love it so much. Just stand up here, guys, if that's okay. <laughs> <sighs> a 
Okay, I pray this drops in our spirits this morning. I pray you hear my heart and you hear what God wants to do. I pray you get offended. I pray you feel uncomfortable. I pray, I just, I just pray that you encounter Jesus, not me, and not this sound, and not this skinny white dude. Thank you, skinny. Um, <laughs> cover my shame. Um, I'm going to label you guys, if that's okay. Um, that's okay with you. Uh, okay, safer churches, touch his chest, but that's okay. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we get that. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, okay. You put that on yourself. Yeah, yeah, you put that on yourself. <laughs> Wouldn't it be, f- okay, a podcast, I just put uh, things on their test that says Christians. Um, it'd be funny if one of them said like Christina or something. That'd be funny, but I didn't do that. Um, Christina Aguilera, one of the greatest worship leaders of our time. Um, <laughs> this is a label that we give ourselves. We say, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Do a twirl. Go on. Pageant show. Act like it's Miss Nara show or Miss Berry show. Come on, Miss Berry show. Miss Aladala. Miss Dapto Mall. There it is. Um, what we do is we give ourselves this label. We do a few things when we give it. We, we say that everything um, that we do and believe represents him because we're a Christian. Okay, I'm a Christian. We, we, we show it off, we wear it, we make decisions based on it, but this word, this word here, Christian, is used three times in the Bible. Every single time it's used by someone else to describe people, not that went to church, not that said they were Christians. This is, uh, let, me, let me read this uh, to you. It's okay. Christians, uh, Christian isn't a word used to describe someone who goes to church. Christian is a word used to describe someone who goes to Christ. Christian isn't a word used to describe someone who goes to church. Christian is a word used described as someone who goes to Christ. So there's Acts, like 11, Acts 25, 1 Peter 3 are the three references that use the word Christian. It was used as a negative word to describe people that follow Jesus. And what has happened pretty much from the second century onwards is we have grabbed the word that people used to label us with and now we put it on ourselves and we say, I am a Christian. Now I'm going to challenge something this morning if that's okay with you because it's okay with me and I feel like it's okay with God. So we're going to do it. Yeah, amen. A Christian is a follower of Christ. Let me just stand here if that's okay with you guys. A follower of Christ. Therefore, we should spend less time telling everyone who we are and more time trying to see if in our workplace and our families, when we walk through the shopping center, when we go through drive through when we live our life, if people look at our life and say, Christian, Not what we tick on our census and tick the right box, ACC, tick it. Pentecostal, tick it that box there. I was even thinking um, this week, we put church on our building. We're like, this is a church. We were Christian on ourselves. We put labels on everything to describe what they are. But can I say something? Labels are dumb especially 
when you make a label up and put it on yourself? Have you ever been that person that made up their own nickname? Like Ryan did a little while ago. He was like, my nickname's now Sticky Fingers. And I was like, that's weird. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Or we have Back Dave here, declared by Pastor Benoit. We have um, Mr. Thorpe here. Uh, I signed a new volunteer declaration form that doesn't allow me to say what I was about to say, so that's okay. Um, Christian isn't a word we get to give ourselves. Christian is a word that they look at your life and they see the way that you live and not, oh, there's something different about you. What a weak attempt. It's like, oh, it's because I'm a Christian and we do it again. I wonder if your workplace a new person you came in interaction with, how long it would take them to say Jesus? Jesus? Like, you forgave way too quickly just then. Like, you're not afraid that we're all going to get fired in this workplace because the income's going down. When people yell at you, you respond, Christian? Like, you're not caught up. Like, you're not playing the same game as me. Like, you saw that sick person and you healed them. Christian? Because it became something that we were like, Christian, look at me. I think of Jesus. I'll just call amen. I was possessed by something just then. Um, Yeah. I wonder in Ryan's 17 jobs that he has, so many, you have so many jobs. Um, if we said, describe him in one word. I tell you what, if the one word isn't Christian, we don't get the label. Here we go, you ready? We should spend less time trying to be good people and more time trying to be a good Christian. Because if the word is, they're so encouraging. Okay, cool. There's heaps of community organizations that believe in the power of your words and speaking encouragement. The word, oh, so generous. Yeah, there's, you said Oprah? She'd be giving away cars, like car, 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 car. Everyone gets a car. That's generous. Until the word is Christian, I just don't think we get it. I've just come to a conclusion in my life that if someone has an interaction with me and they just come away with, oh, that's Joel, that's Joel. I'm not going to claim to be something that I'm not. And I'm going to follow Jesus in such a way that the people around me go, I see Jesus. Because this, you can say it for a second, it's okay, don't relax, just be comfortable. Um, we're a house of salvation that exists to see people saved, to come from darkness into light, from death into life, where a multitude find Christ. Not find me, find Christ. Not fall in love with our celebration code, not fall in love with our amazing worship or Nat's ripped arms, but falls in love with Christ. 
Okay, ready? Families not fall in love with our kids' ministry, but fall in love with Christ. And what can happen is we can get so good at church that we stop being the church. This morning, my heart and my prayer for us is afresh. We wouldn't just try and fit in and be really good. Oh, the way that Watto wired up my house electrically. So good. So good. Yes, that's worship. Yes, how we live our life. Let's innovate. Let's create. Let's go forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, cool, great. Go, go, great. Awesome. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. But no amount of newsletters is going to see someone saved. Like, it's just not. Like, no amount of electrical wire is going to see someone saved. It's standing in the gap and being like, hey, hey, madame, lady, sir, I've got good news. And then they say, you're a Christian? Not because, hey, I'm a Christian, come to church and they will speak and you will get saved and you'll be Christian too. No, 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 no. Oh, cancer. Okay. I got good news. Jesus is the healer and he's here right now. Oh, you've had that thought that's led you down that road again and again and you're right on the edge of ending it all. I've got good news. Jesus is here right now. Let's have a conversation together. Let's pray together. Let's bring heaven to earth right now. You boys can sit down. Let's give him a hand. Yeah, there's silence there, yeah. Now, I want to challenge us this morning on a couple of little things in the 16 minutes and 42 seconds that I have left. 38, 37, that's okay, good timer. On when I look at, if we're going to define Christian as how the Bible defines Christian, the three references that are used, they're all direct words from the root word that is Christ. So you don't get Christian without following Christ. You don't get Christian by, you're not a celebration. You're not your connect lady. You're not, you're not a Clark, unless you're the Clarks. You're not a Kelsey, because you're in their connect group. You're not a young adults person because you're in young adults. The word that should define us, the word, the person we should be following, his name is Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the Savior. He is the only one that matters. He is the only one that saves. He is the only one that heals. He is the only one in the room that matters. He is the center point. And we find our purpose when we say less of us and more of him. More of you, Jesus. I'm not going to talk about you like you're not in the room. Jesus. There's a few things that I wrote down this morning as I was just thinking, okay, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Because if people are going to look at me and I'm not going to say, hey, I'm a Christian. Actually, what I say more is I'm a pastor, which is another fun label. I'm a pastor if I shepherd people. I'm a pastor if people are following me. It is a label that I get and a title that I step into. It is a grace on my life. It is something that God says and therefore I live it out and then it's seen and outworked and there's fruit of it. But not, hey, I'm a Christian, but hey, you're a Christian. These are just eight things. If they just throw them up on the screen. Um, serving, pray, give, fast, miracles, leading, love, and well. I just want to look at a couple of scriptures in a moment to consider what it is to be a normal Christian. Because if we're going to be a house of salvation, we need to know who we are following, Jesus, and we need to bring, pre- bring people to Jesus. If people, Pastor Ben, I said in the office before, if people come to the church but don't experience God, don't have a God encounter and have Him, 
You'd say, but what's, what's the point? What, to play games? Play church games? Stuff church games. Let's bring Jesus to earth because your family needs Jesus. They don't need a service. You don't need a service. Let's look at a couple of scriptures because the Word of God is the authority. It is the thing that we live by, not stats, not drama, not noise, not our experience. The Word of God, we are Bible people. Pastor Charlie, give me an amen. We are Bible people. Mark 10, verse 45. It's not going to appear on the screen. If you've got a Bible, turn with there with me. Uh, you can say, got it, when you've got it. Um, I encourage you to bring your Bible to church, and I also encourage you to bring your Bible everywhere you go. Because if he's got words to give you and you're ill-equipped, um, you can't run home. Or come borrow the New Christian Bible off the back of the table. Have the Word of God with you if you want to be used to bring God to people. Can I get an amen in church? Matthew, uh, sorry, Mark. Oh, I'm in the wrong book. Mark 10, verse 45, speaking of Jesus. For even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Let's just, okay, uncomfortable. Let me just look down and say this. Um, Let's think about obedience. Even Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. If you're a Christian, the church does not exist in any way or any form to serve you. Because if it didn't for Jesus, it doesn't for us. I know that's uncomfortable if you believe that you come and give your offering so that you employ professional Christians to do the work of the ministry. That's uncomfortable. But I dare go this far if we do not serve, we are in disobedience. Because if Jesus did, let's think Jesus, Jesus didn't just come to serve you. He came to give you an example of what the life is called to be. A Christian is someone that serves others. If you are looking for a church to come and meet your needs, please find another church. Or find the church. The church is a group of people that are light in darkness, that take Jesus to the most hopeless people, that are healing in sickness. That's the church. Find the church and then worry about what church you attend. Serving is obedience. Secondly, prayer. Matthew 6. Really good. I love Matthew 6. Matthew 6 is great. Let's go to Matthew 6. Almost there. I got it. I got it first. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 6, verse 5. It says this. And now about prayer. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I assure you, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father secretly. Then your father who knows all secrets will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered only by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them because your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And then it says, pray like this. And it goes on to give us an outline of what prayer looks like. A Jesus follower prays. 
Now they do this. Okay, let me just say again. If you thought that you come to church and instead of prayer, there's problem solvers and they solve your problems. You come to a pastor and they solve your problems or you come to a connect leader and they solve your problems. I apologize if we have given you that illusion. What happens when you have a problem as a Christian is you pray. Then you do something else. You pray again and you pray again and you wrestle with God and you talk to your creator and you talk to your father and your provider and your protector and your healer and you go to him because he's the vine and if you're attached to him, you will bear much fruit. You pray and you pray and you pray. And you talk to him and you let him speak. You see that person in the shopping center that clearly still has issues with you. And instead of just being an internal dialogue with yourself, you pray to him. And then soon you realize that you have unforgiveness in your heart because you prayed. And you didn't need to talk to the pastor after the service because you had God with you right in that moment. Christians pray. Matthew 5 verse 42 describes giving. Let's go back a step. If you don't pray, you're in disobedience. We do not worship a leader. We do not worship a system. We do not worship a structure. We worship a person. His name is Jesus. He answers prayer. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It is more effective than church services. It's more effective than the game. Pray. Now give. Christians, give. We have to be very careful that we aren't afraid of money as a church. If you're new in church this morning, I encourage you to give (laughs) because it's better to give than receive. Give here, give at McDonald's, give in your family, give above and beyond. You will live a blessed life when you give. Giving is not a burden. Giving is not a hard topic. It is better to give than receive. I would be lying to you if I said giving is for our church family and not for you. It's for everyone across the whole earth. God wants you to be a generous person. Christians, Give, they give time, they give energy. Ultimately, they give their life. We have to move away from thinking that our giving is 90 minutes on a Sunday and forget that our giving was to offer our whole lives as a living sacrifice before God, holy and pleasing to Him. So we we give. We fast, it continues on in Matthew 5, to come away with God and encounter Him. Prayer and fasting are not maybes, their obedience. 1 John 3 verse 8 describes that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Jesus was a miracle man. So if we are to follow Jesus, we should have miracles. We should be destroying the works of the enemy with the works of God. And not helping them temporary fix, but giving them Jesus. So it's an issue of obedience to be praying and allowing God to lead us into the miraculous. Matthew 14 verse 13 to 21 shows us the example of Jesus leading, that he went away on the boat and he came back and suddenly there was 5,000 men plus probably 15 to 20,000 women and children. He was a leader. If we're going to follow Jesus, people should be following us. And if they're not following us, we have to question, are we following Jesus? 
We just have to ask that question to ourselves. Not, am I a leader? Am I given that grace? No. Was Jesus a leader? Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, he led the world back to the Father. So if we're going to be Christians, followers of Christ, we have to understand that we have to be leaders. John 11 verse 35 describes love. I want to turn there if that's okay with you. And if I can, if I can get keys up, that would just be exceptional. Thank you, Alicia Keys. John 11 verse 35. Jesus wept. Second shortest verse in the Bible, shortest verse, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16, says rejoice always, but in the original text, it is smaller than Jesus wept. So you're like, word count wise, don't Jesus wept smaller. English, yeah, original text, no. So second shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. What does that tell us? He loved. This is when his friend Lazarus died. Jesus, God wept. If, um, if we love God but don't love people, we might not be following Jesus. <sighs> if we're not connected with someone enough that it affects us, if you can go into your work and say, oh, the unrighteous acts are leading them to unrighteousness, I thank you, Jesus, that I'm saved. And it doesn't. Oh, sorry, but if we can come to church without our families and our friends and our workplaces and not be moved, we might not be following Jesus. We just might not be. And we can put the label on us as much as we want and we can have a big narrow show. But He's called us to have His heart. That's what it is to follow Jesus, to serve, to pray, to give, to fast, miracles, lady, love, and well. Let me read this in John 4 as I believe the Holy Spirit lands something in our hearts this morning. John 4 verse 13, speaking of the Samaritan woman with Jesus, this encounter at a physical well. Verse 13 says, Jesus replied, people soon become thirsty again after drinking this water. But the water I give takes away thirst altogether. Let me read it uh, in my other Bible just over here, if that's okay. Speak Holy Spirit. Speak Holy Spirit. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Let me read this. Everyone who drinks the water, this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. To be a Christian, we need to come to Jesus get water from His well. And because of how powerful 
that water is, it's not a temporary fix. It's not I need another dose on Sunday. It's a connection that now brings up a spring on the inside of us that the word there is wells up that allows us to be that for others. Our mission as a church, celebrating God, people, life, locally, nationally, globally, our code, our 12 kind of cultural statements. And what Pastor Benoit shared two weeks ago on Vision Sunday, that this year we're called to roar, have a godly confidence. But what our roar is that we are a well of revival. What is the problem in our city? Christians. Me walking through the shopping center and forgetting that I have the answer that everyone needs because I need milk. It's not our schools. It's definitely not the devil. It's that the wells forget that they're wells. It's the prayers forget to pray. It's we forget the word and we allow ourselves to get blocked up or dramatic or we get so busy with playing church that we forget to be the church. This morning, I pray that we would look at this code with fresh eyes, that we are a house of salvation, not just inside of our four walls, but everywhere we go, that we are a place of salvation where people come from darkness into light. From don't There's something we should never become familiar with, and that's someone giving their life to Jesus. Coming from darkness, no matter how many times it takes, if it takes you 150 decisions to keep on working out your salvation with fear and trembling, put your hand up, and I will celebrate with you every single time. From darkness into light, from death into life, we are a house where multitudes find Christ, multitudes find Christ. We're not a house where one finds Christ. We're a house where multitudes find Christ. Holy Spirit, you are in our midst and you are the one that empowers us to be the church. Not us, not our beliefs, not our note-taking, not our diligence, not even our obedience. What makes us, ah, what makes us your church is your grace and we lean into your grace. We press into your grace. In two weekends time, God, we have Theo and Lucy here. And I know, God, that's a weekend that you have called to be an expression of the we are a house of salvation where multitudes find you. I thank you for the the testimony of Theo and Lucy and the journey that is on them. We honour it, God, and we pray that over the next two weeks, we pray you help us to be the church rather than invite people to the church. We pray for God. No, no, no. There's God moments everywhere. Every single day, God, you're always there. Every single time we see a person, it's the God moment. Help us to hear you. Help us to pray and press into you. That picture you gave me at the beginning of that armory, God, of those words that you've got for maybe our parents or our boss or that person we just walk past and forget how much you love them. Give us boldness and conviction to make our life a life where we grab your word and we bring it to people and we grab your truth and we bring it to people and we bring the good news and we bring the freedom and we bring heaven that the world would look at us and say, Jesus, like there's something, it's Christian. It's they follow him, they serve him, they love him, they're different. There's 
miracles, may something break right now. for us, we repent. We make it about you, Jesus. We make it about the greatest commandment to love you with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and to love them. Lastly, God, I pray over this week, I don't pray we, we come to a code, we take some notes and we say, yeah, I agree with that, I can stay in the church. just like last week with Pastor Charlie's word that we were Bible people I pray they'd be an outworking I pray that we pressed in your word more last week I pray this week that we we press in to the good news that we share it with someone and we love them enough to tell them the good news as we close this morning I am well aware that it would be ridiculous of me to share the good news but not give us an opportunity to respond to the good news this isn't a moment where you get to put your hand up and say yeah give me the label this is a moment where you get to say yeah I'm going to follow Christ I'm going to follow Christ I'm going to read my Bible and that's my reality I'm going to pray with Him and see miraculous things I'm going to follow Christ If you're in this place, just feel that you need to give your life to Jesus. And I use the word feel very intentionally, that the good news would not be something that you hear, but it may be a power that you experience. If there's something in you this morning that's just like, yeah, I need to respond to the good news. The good news is that your sin doesn't need to take you to hell, that you can exchange your life for the life of Jesus, make Him your Lord and Saviour and be changed forever in this place you want to join the almost 20 people that have responded to Jesus this month just every eye closed just want you to lift your hand right where you are so I can pray with you and celebrate awesome awesome so good yeah yeah six people have that heaven celebrates over one I don't want to get too excited is there anyone else that just needs to respond to the good news if you, if you lift your hands, I want you to lift it again right now just so I can see you lift it high. It's a good decision. Don't be ashamed. It's the best decision you ever made. It's the only reason why we do church. Awesome. You can chuck it down. Oh, uh, yeah, oh. I just want um, us as a church family to um, repeat this prayer to Jesus with me. We're not reciting a prayer of declaration that unlocks something magical. What we're doing is we are praying to God. 
we are talking to Him. We are making a statement together as a church family with the seven people that just gave their life to Jesus. We're making a statement together that we will follow Him, that we will listen to His voice, that we do not subscribe to a church or a membership, but we follow the Lord Jesus. And when He plants us in His house, we keep on following Him. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I thank You that today I can respond to You. Today, I give my life to following You. I thank You that I am new, that the old is gone. Help me to live new. I make You my Lord and my Saviour, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you made that decision, welcome to the party. (laughs) Best decision you ever made. Better than better than marriage, better than kids, better than that job, better than that dream thing, better than you're getting picked up for a modeling career, better than all of that. Jesus. At the back table there, um, we have a team. Uh, they call it a new Christians team. They're, they're um, not to, again, give you a label, but to um, help you start to follow Jesus. They have a Bible for you. They want to pray for you. It's actually a card for you to fill out so that our prayer network, that our prayer connect can be praying for you. We can be standing with you. You're not in this alone. You didn't just subscribe to a church. You subscribe to a family. And we're here to fight and go with you. Congratulations. You are new. You are new. You are new. God did something. Value it. Love it. And we're here for you. It's good news, baby. It's good news. Why don't we um, stand together? Because I want to pray for us, if that's okay. Um, just so you can see me. Um, whoa, I lost right in my eyes. Projector. Uh, uh, um, that didn't work. Okay, back down. Uh, that was a youth pastor decision, not a young adult's pastor. Um, I want to pray that you would take the good news and that it would be a well on the inside of you. And I would pray this. Let me just use Jay's example. That this week, that God would irritate you like this. That's nice, isn't it? That when you make it about something else, Kiss my hand, he kissed my hand. Let's delete that out of the podcast. Oh my gosh. Pray for me. That when you make it about the drama, the God would bring your attention back. Hey, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me. Good news. Good news. I got good news. Tell them the good news. Tell them the good news. If they don't listen, yell it. Yell it with your life, yell it with your generosity, yell it with your service, yell it with your heart, yell it, scream it until they see the good news in you. So I want you to get irritated this week. Again, stuff church games. Stuff it. To hell with the games. I want to follow Jesus. I want you to follow Jesus because your family needs it. My family needs it. Our city needs it. They need the good news. So I want you just to touch someone near you. If you're comfortable, if you're not comfortable, I want you to touch someone near you. 
um, because comfort is not your goal. Comfort is not your portion. God did not die so that you could be comfortable. I wanna pray for us. Please be careful of who you interlock fingers with because I want you to get married to someone today that you're not really gonna get married to. So let me pray for us this morning. I want you to think about the person that you're believing this week would hear the good news. Let's bring it right home. We don't believe for a faceless city to be saved. We believe for families, mums, dads, kids, work colleagues, grandparents, prodigals that walked away and it's time that they hear the good news that God forgave them, that they don't need to act again and fit into the right box, that He forgave them well before they fell over. Jesus, we pray right now for those in our life that need the good news. And especially right now, I pray for the prodigal sons. I pray for the people, God, that feel shame, that feel hurt, that feel like they've missed the mark so far. God, I just pray for a revelation. It's okay. Jesus is good enough. His grace saves. I pray for forgiveness in our hearts, for our prodigals, for the people that were once with you and have walked away. We pray for God moments to share the good news that the house is a house of forgiveness, that the house is a house of salvation, that the house brings restoration and healing and the past is the past and God's grace is today and it's good. We pray God for our workplaces and our families and our cities do something in us that irritates us to share the good news. The good news is not that Celebration Church has a service at 10 a.m. and the coffee's nice. The good news is that Jesus is good and faithful and able to heal and save and redeem. Lastly, God, I pray for miracles this week. I pray for words of knowledge that we would step out of our comfort zone and allow You to do something through us. We are sick of doing things for You without you, put us outside of the boat and may there be miracles, signs and wonders that point people to you. We pray all of this in your name. We commission us to go out and be your church. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Amen. Give me an amen like you're in a Pentecostal church. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's so nice to preach to myself and have you here this morning. That's so good. If you're new, stick around. We love meeting new people. Come and talk to us. It's so it's an honour that you're here. So I uh, will see you uh, next weekend, Fridays, Connect Groups. Let's do life together in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.